And so if you're the kind of person who's like, you know, feel like you have to work really hard and, and you feel like, you know, you want to work really hard and you want validation for your hard work and you want to, you know, understand your purpose and be in alignment with it and like, not just feel like you're scratching the surface of this giant, you know, iceberg. Well, this is what will help you understanding your Akashic soul blueprint. Welcome to the crazy little thing called life podcast with your host, the lovely Megan Thompson. Megan is a spiritual life and business coach, Akashic record practitioner, and all things crushed velvet lover. If you're keen to create more than just a living, but a life and business you love, you're in the right place. Bursting with practical and spiritual tools, tips and tricks that you can enact today to get out of your own bloody way. So grab a cuppa and shield your wee one's ears. You can count on Megan and her guests to use cheeky adult language and inappropriate humour on this crazy little thing called life. Hello and welcome to another episode of this crazy little thing called life. <laughs> oh man, we're getting a little witchy, a little woo today. Who am I kidding? We get a little witchy, a little woo every podcast, don't we? But today is extra, extra special because we are going to talk about your star seed originations and what that means. You know, are you a star seed? Hmm, are you curious? Well, then you're in the right place. So this series right now is all about the Akashic Records, and we're looking at the blueprint of your soul. So if you are new, well, welcome to your favorite little witchy side of the internet. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so freaking stoked you're here. You're going to most definitely want to binge this podcast. You can listen to this episode, and then you're going to want to backtrack two episodes to how to hijack your zone of genius with your soul blueprint, part one, and then of course, part two. This is like literally behind the scenes, the work that I do with my clients. You're getting a backstage pass to seeing what a soul blueprint reading actually looks like, the information that you receive, and most importantly, how to motherfucking implement it in your life so it's not just more information. Because like I always say, information without implementation is just mental masturbation. And if you're going to masturbate, I mean, you might as well do it in a way that feels really pleasurable. Mm hmm. That's right. So if you are not new to the party and you are an old friend of the podcast and of me, thank you for being here. It means so much to me when you tune in. And really, I just am so grateful that you're here. And I mean it. And I know you know I mean it. I love you. Also, I just want to let you know that one way that really lets me know that you're getting a lot from these podcast episodes, which helps me continue to create this content that I know you're going to walk away with and be like, okay, I know how to implement this information, is when you screenshot this and you tag me on Instagram and you say, you know, I'm really freaking loving this. This is so great. I want more like this. Uh, yes, it means so much. So all of you that are doing that, I fucking love you. You like brighten my day every time you do that. And if you're not doing that, well, come on over, come on over to the light side. 
<laughs> or maybe even the dark side of the moon. I've been had like Pink Floyd, man, I'm on a Pink Floyd kick right now. And we do not have a Pink Floyd record and we do not have any Pink Floyd on our iPads. And I am just literally singing Pink Floyd in my head all day long. Total tangent. But is anybody else feeling the Pink Floyd lately? Mm. All right. So let us bring it back, reel it in and talk about what we are going to be talking about today. So in the previous two episodes, I dove into the beginning part of a soul blueprint and a soul blueprint reading is two parts. We look at your energetic archetypes and I say that this is akin to being the astrology of your soul and these energetic archetypes align with the chakra systems. And when you understand these archetypes and these archetypal energies, that when you individuated from source and you were like, I want to be my own thing, you had these, you have these imprints and they are called your archetypes. And when you optimize on their energy, one, you're more clear about who you are, what your purpose is, why you're here. Two, it makes it so much easier to accept your natural gifts instead of constantly feeling like you need to like go out and find them or you need to get a new skill or you need to do all of this other stuff. And three, it helps you get into your zone of genius. And when you're in your zone of genius, you not only make your own life better and more fulfilling, you not only embody that definition of which as one who makes her own fate, but you also make other people's lives infinitely better just by sharing your natural gifts and talents. Mm. And I don't know about you, but who doesn't want that? Who does not want that? And so if you're the kind of person who's like, you know, feel like you have to work really hard and, and you feel like, you know, you want to work really hard and you want validation for your hard work and you want to, you know, understand your purpose and be in alignment with it and like, not just feel like you're scratching the surface of this giant, you know, iceberg. Well, this is what will help you understanding your Akashic soul blueprint, because it makes it so much easier for you to work hard at the thing that you most want to work hard at the thing that when you work toward it, it feeds you naturally. And then of course, ripples and feeds other people naturally. So getting into your zone of genius is like getting into flow. Mm. And so, of course, the previous two episodes, you're going to want to dive into that if you're curious. And if you're not curious, I mean, I don't know if this podcast is for you, boo. (laughs) All right. So your origins, your starseed origins, which we're what we're talking about today, if your archetypes are like the astrology of your soul, well, then your origins are the culture of your soul. And so I always use this example with my clients. It's like understanding your star seed originations is like understanding why you can be born under the same roof with people that are your immediate family and your ideals and your values and what you care about can be so vastly different. It's also, you know, understanding these is like understanding that somebody from New York, Long Island maybe, 
is gonna have different values and different beliefs and different, you know, all of those things that go into a culture, culture, right? Different relationship with themselves and the world versus somebody who was raised in China, you know, maybe they were raised in Nanjing, China. Their, their culture is going to be vastly different. And the same goes for your soul culture, your star seed origination. So I'm going to be using those interchangeably, right? So know that star seed and soul culture are the same thing. And I'll just use those words interchangeably. So one thing I just have to share with you guys, because <laughs> this is always what lights me the fuck up is... I was an anthropology major in college, so I had a dual major with journalism and cultural anthropology. I have loved studying humans for my whole life. I think humans are so interesting. I think that the way that we handle life and the things that we do and how we approach life is so interesting. And, you know, culture is something that I've really loved to look at and research and understand and because it's just so perplexing to me it impacts us so much right it impacts who we are our culture impacts us immensely and yet you know there's human beings all over the planet with such different cultures yet there still are so many core values that can be very similar you know like caring for your family and caring for your body and caring for your environment and you know wanting an over Um, a sense of community and love and nourishment. Like there's lots of core values that most cultures share. And so it's so interesting, this additional layer, when I decided I'm going to get into Akashic Records, how soul culture plays into who you are as a human being on earth right now. And so I tapped into the records and I asked, you know, what soul culture should we talk about? Because there is a whole bunch And if you want to know your soul culture, then you're going to want to get on Instagram and just DM me and we'll talk about if a reading is the right fit for you. But for the sake of brevity and the fact that I couldn't talk about them all today because we'd be here all fucking day, I'm going to share three with you. The first soul culture that we are going to talk about is Mintaken. (laughs) I love that we're going to talk about this today because... This soul culture is the culture that I'm from. And so it's super special to share it. And actually, there's going to be a podcast next week where I interview this amazing woman, Cliffhanger. I'm not going to tell you who she is, but her soul culture is Mintakin as well. So let's just dive in. All right. So Mintakins, Mintaka was a water planet. And the beings that lived on Mentaka had a very almost utopian society. And so when I share this, I'm going to share with you how that would impact how you show up on Earth, right? So if that soul culture is very utopian, I mean, when people would harm somebody unintentionally, it was like immediately it resolved because you knew, oh, that was that was wrong. Okay, I'm going to immediately resolve this. It was so important, right? So there's this deep, deep loyalty to light and this like constant maintaining and enhancing the light of themselves. They're super aware of their their choices, right? And the choices that they make and how those choices, like I said, could inhibit, inhibit 
their light and others light, you know, so in human life, that transposes into when you are like, you have to solve problems quickly. If you are in dissonance with somebody, if you're like arguing with somebody, you want to come to the a solution quickly. It feels like you can't just let this sit there. You would never be the kind of person who like held onto a grudge for 10 years that would like eat you alive. So this soul culture is very much about that, like shifting quickly. And so you might shift quickly in this life, but you might also find yourself spiritually bypassing things because you just want to shift quickly. Um, yeah. So it's like all about working with the, the golden web, the spheres of light, and really like almost like the spider web, you know, recognizing the choices that you make and how they will impact other people in the web of life. Like that's really at the forefront of your being. And I find that very true for myself. I'm like so conscious about what my choices make and like the choices that I make and how they might impact other people. And like the shadow side of that is overthinking right? Overthinking in this human life, the choices that you make. And so you might carry that shadow. And of course I'll talk about the shadow because it's so important to know what the shadow is because you could easily fall into it. So yeah, this deep loyalty, the light that, that, you know, you only make choices that's in alignment with the highest good of all. And in, in human life, you want to always make choices that are, that you really believe are in the highest good for everybody. So some like fun facts is that in this water plant planet, at some point it, there was like a bacteria that basically made the water dark and the, and the planet ceased to exist. I mean, the planet was still there, but all life died. And so you might have this like deep fear of dark water. You might be so drawn to love water and like love the water, feel super soothing to be near the water. But dark water, cloudy water that you can't see that to the bottom, it's like, ooh, gives you the willies. <laughs> and I, I love the water. I have this image of me as like maybe a 10-year-old swimming in our pool in our backyard. This, we had this like above ground pool. You remember those, those big circular pools? Swimming in there all by myself, just being so happy, doing the mermaid tail, doing the things. You know, I'm pretty sure that I like had, you know, wrapped my legs together and then having this panic take over me that there was like a shark in the water. And I was like, logically, my logical mind was like, there can't be a shark. It's in the pool. But it like took over me and I had to climb out and get out of the pool, you know? So it's just like, as a little kid, this like little Muntalkin soul is like, meh, it's not even dark, but I'm scared. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for Muntalkins, you know, clear water, it just feels so good for you. Babbling brooks or like Lake Tahoe near where I live is like, oh, so good. All these alpine lakes tickle my fancy. Um, let's see. So some of the things that might show up for Muntalkin in this, in this world is like, Cognitive dissonance is such a battle. You like literally cannot fucking understand why anybody would intentionally hurt another person. You cannot understand it. Um, a shadow side of this and sometimes a light side is that you can only see the light in other people. Like you just really see other people's light 
And so recognizing like that's such a beautiful thing that you can see beyond people's illusions and their bullshit and you can see the truth of who they are, their essence, their light. Now the shadow is giving people too many chances and seeing people for their light, not what's in front of you. And that's where boundaries are so freaking important. You know, like Mintakins can fall into the shadow of like people pleasing, codependency, and taking more responsibility for other people than you would ever have to. Okay, there's a lot more, but I'm going to, for the sake of brevity, brevity, brev, uh, a breve latte, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so the next, the next starseed origination or soul culture have you that I um, was invited to share about is Sirius. And so you may have heard of Sirius before. It is a star or a star collection, right? And in the sky. <laughs> and it's like the dog. And so I love the Syrian energy. I see it. I see it, you know, not all the time, but when I do see it, it's like, oh gosh, I love it so much because Syrians are the type of people who love to make things better. They love to improve on things. Like that culture is all about making things better. So like, a kind of shadow of this is that you, there's no such thing as complete. You see things as ever evolving and that there's always more to be done. So you are, you do the best when you are not recreating the wheel, when you have a structure, when you have systems, patterns, programs, when they're already in place and then you make them better. So Syrians, they are analytical, structured, organized, and technological. And again, do not work well from a blank slate or from trying to recreate the wheel. One of the things that like your soul incarnated here for on earth right now is to really help raise your own vibration in your body, in your life through whatever experiences you've had you know, like really shake and shimmy out any of those old traumas and raise yourself up so you can help other people raise themselves up. And not just other people, you know that like as you raise your vibration, the vibration of the earth, the vibration of our solar system and the vibration of the galaxy all raises as well. And you really deeply recognize that that, that you are such a part of this like quantum web so something really interesting about Syrians is that they are incredibly intuitive, can tend to be telepathic. So you read people's minds and then you're like, ah, fuck, I'm reading people's minds. Or you're like, how can I know this? There's no way I know this. And then they say it and you're like, damn it, I knew that. Um, <laughs> you're an excellent visionary. Like you really have these beautiful ideas and, and, you know, you can get stuck in overthinking and overanalyzing. And so action is really helpful. And again, not recreating the wheel, but really creating from a space of, um, what's already there, you know, like creating from an existing structure and making it better. So you... Um, you might not want to be an entrepreneur because it's not structured enough. And sometimes, like I said, you get stuck in the planning because you want to make it perfect. And so a really good um, little, I don't know, I guess the word would be 
I want to say slogan, but it's not slogan. Maybe a little mantra for you would be like, better is, I mean, done is better than nothing. Done is better than nothing. Done is better than nothing. Yeah, so that is serious. And then the last energy archetype that I am going to talk to you about today is Nahal. And when I say Nahal, Nahal is like, they're all of the, there are like a lot of the kids who started the kids, kids these days, but they're, they're the kids of like the eighties and nineties. And we, as a culture refer to them as these indigo children or the crystal children. And so, you know, some Nahal Eves came here before 1980, but they came in droves during that time. And oh gosh, of course, right? Because these beings are very self-aware, very conscious beings, like mindful, um, of course, very intuitive and telepathic. So you might find that if you are Nahalis or if that is your soul culture, that you have collected a group of people who are similar and you guys can just like communicate to each other without really communicating, you know, you're super intuitive. Trusting your intuition is so important for you to get into flow. Um, you can potentially be really naive about the physical world and like earth and all of its rules and all the things like, you know, a lot of the, the knee hollies who've, who've incarnated here, this is their first time here. And so, you know, the conditions and the constraints and the illusions of, this this planet are it's just wild and I'm actually thinking of a client of mine right now who is from Nahal and she's just she is so magical and she truly you know like she really truly connects with the other dimensions (laughs) really well like oh she's she's so cool okay so yeah so you would likely if this is your soul culture you've had to really learn the rules of this society and so of course there's like that inner rebel because these rules don't necessarily make sense but there could also be that inner oppressor too because you came here and you felt like you had to learn all the rules do things right as there's like the the rebel and the oppressor inside likely battle because it's like the conditions of you have to do that do it this way to survive versus the rebel who's like, no, actually we're here for way more than following rules of society. We're actually here to break all the rules. I'm so curious about, um, my, my friend, Martha Hudson, she, I did a podcast with her last year and she, it's body liberation and she's on Instagram at love Martha. I love her so much, but she is such like a, I feel like she's from Nahal so much so sorry that was a tangent but I really think that's where she's from all right so yeah Nahali Nahalians Nahalis they are the kind of people who question the status quo you're like they're like the activists they're the ones you know they're the ones right now who are stepping up and speaking out and sharing you know like alternative perspectives or starting to have those conversations and if they're not they're really feeling like they have to um you like to test rules you like to stretch them you like to see what true consequences are you're kind of like a ask for forgiveness not permission kind of human and 
because you're willing to question the status quo, you're super innovative, creative, a quick thinker. You can kind of be a little bit of that mad scientist type person, which is totally my client. I love you so much. If you're listening, I love you so much. You know who you are. Um, Yes. Okay. So I could literally be here for hours talking to you about all of these different soul cultures because there's a lot of them, but I'm not going to. So I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed sharing it because I love this so much. It's so fun. It's one of those parts of of my work that when I when I have a reading with a client and I'm, we're sitting down and we're diving in, I'm always giggling because it's like, this is what I do with my life. This is so fucking cool. Yeah, let's talk about your starseed originations and like how this shows up in your life. So as you can see, each of those are quite different, but there's always a piece of implementation, you know, and so understanding your soul culture makes it usually like what the most common response I get from clients after a soul purpose reading is that I feel extremely validated. I feel extremely seen. And I also feel like I'm super, all of the things that I've been like intuitively knowing about myself, I have permission to fully embody them. Mm. And that like, that fulfills me more than anything in the whole world. So for all of those of you that I've done Akashic readings with, I love you so, so much. I'm so grateful for that intimate experience. I'm so grateful that we got to dive in that way. And I'm so grateful for those of you who I continue to work with because you're so amazing. And for those of you who are interested and want to learn more about this, please, by all means, head over to Instagram at I am Meg Thompson. DM me, let me know, because I want to know. And I'd love to talk to you about it and see if it's a good fit. All right, everybody, I love you. If you enjoyed this, please take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram. Bonus points if you're listening in the bath, because that's my favorite. And enjoy this crazy little thing called life. Mm-hmm.